Ladies and gentlemen, The Salty Pastor is your podcast for digging deeper into the text Foothills is going to be preaching on the coming Sunday worship time. It is also for you who want to look behind the curtain of what is going on in our world and discover the ideas that are causing these winds of change. Let's welcome The Salty Pastor himself, (laughs) Pastor Doug. (laughs) Well, greetings, everyone. I'm so glad that you guys are joining me on this, especially all the people who are part of Foothills Christian Church, and we want you to know that uh, we love you being a part, and if you're not a part yet and you want to engage with us, we would love for you to start that journey. So anything we can do, just let me know. You can drop a comment in the uh, chat if you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening. Uh, you can reach out to us very, very yeah, easily. Yeah, the show notes actually on the podcast or in the description, there's lots of ways to get a hold of us or connect with us. Um, all the ways to connect to Foothills are listed in the show notes. So, Yeah, so any way that you could just start that, if you're looking for a place to connect that's going to help you navigate where life is going right now, we'd love for you to connect with us. So let's get into our Bible study portion for this Mm -hmm. week. Last week, we started a new study on the book of Philippians. Um, Our our series is called Hashtag Blessed. And Paul's letter to the Philippians teaches us how we can live a blessed life even when we're stressed. Yeah, no matter what you're facing, uh, no matter what you're experiencing, you can be a joy-filled person. You can be happy, you know, and it, it doesn't depend upon circumstance. It's what's going on inside of you. Well, and I really liked the part where you were talking about the research on where actual happiness comes from and how we can live joyfully by raising our baseline or our, or our disposition. Yeah, uh, a long time ago, your parents, grandparents, great-grandparents, they, they would talk about a person's disposition, meaning right. the way they approach life. And uh, today, psychologists call it your baseline. And the University of Illinois showed that if you focus on raising your baseline as opposed to focusing on trying to get good things to happen to you, you become a more joy-filled person. And the reason why is because people always regress to the baseline. In other words, you regress to the mean and it doesn't mean you are mean. It just means that is the middle point. <laughs> you regress point. to being mean, yes. Yeah, no. <laughs> you regress to the mean. A mean isn't an average. It's just the point of right in the middle. And so if you raise that, you'll do so much better. And the way you raise it, you know, what your, your baseline really is, when you really dig into it, it's your reason for existence. And, and once that's found in Jesus, then the capacity to raise your baseline grows exponentially. So today we're going to jump into chapter two of Philippians, Mm -hmm. and Paul begins this chapter by talking about attitude. Why is attitude so important? Well, attitude is that is that disposition. It's that that baseline in a lot of ways. And to live blessed, even when you're stressed, is how do I develop an attitude of joy? And this is really important because it has to do with your resiliency. You know, if you if you're resilient makes a huge difference in the outcome of your life, whether where you get your strength from, where you get courage and confidence from. Once you re- define your reason for existence and find it in Jesus Christ, then you can form a healthy or a good attitude. And this is really important because everybody has an attitude. Everybody's got one, and particularly when it comes to life. Just like I said, your grandparents used to call this a person's disposition. 
Therefore, if your attitude is bad, then your whole life is going to seem bad and you're always going to regress to that baseline of everything sucks. Everything. Yeah. Everything's horrible all the time. And then if your attitude, because the reason why is your attitude is the lens through which you experience the world. So it's the lens through which you interpret what's happening to you, right? Right. And so if, if your lens is bad, every experience you have is bad. Um, my mom used to call, say that kid had a disposition. He's negative Ned. Negative Ned. <laughs> That's what he calls him. And positive Pete. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so and you got to choose. Do you want to be Ned or Pete? So the bottom line is, if your attitude's good, you can live a hashtag blessed in any circumstance, even when you're stressed out. And that's why attitude, I think, is so important. And that's why Paul addresses it. So let's jump into the verses. Uh, Paul begins the chapter with these words. Uh, Verse 1, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion. So what you see here is a couple of very important words. The very first word of the chapter is therefore. And that word's really important because what it means is what I'm about to say is built upon the argument in the previous chapter. So the argument or the postulate in the previous chapter was that for to me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. So he found his reason for existence in knowing Jesus. And that allows his baseline, his disposition, to be his attitude to become one of joy, regardless of circumstance. So then he goes on to say, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness or compassion, and these are the things that come out of knowing him. So they come out of his reason for existence. So you can see right now, wow, these things are about love. They're about tenderness, compassion. There's comfort. These, these things are what raise your baseline of joy. Well, and then verse 2 continues on, and he says, Then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Yeah, so verse 2, he basically drives home and says, Therefore, if Jesus is the reason for your existence, your attitude becomes paramount by practicing love, practicing unity, practicing being in one spirit, practicing being of one mind. And, and I think one mind is an interesting phraseology because it's not saying we have to think the same or agree on everything the same. It just means that the way we go about thinking is the same. Right. You know, and that's what's really important. And that, that really cuts to the essence of relationships and those relationships uh, can succeed or fail a lot on how you resolve conflict. Conflict resolution skills are one of the most important things to building intimacy in a marriage and keeping friendships strong at work and your success at work. And bad conflict resolution skills really make life so difficult and so divisive. Being passive aggressive. So, yeah, and that's one. Yeah, and all yeah there's stuff. avoidance. There's passive aggressive. There's just pure aggression. There's, you know, there's all these different ways. But if you can, can work, and that's what being of one mind is. It's like, okay, we have an agreed way to resolve conflict. We have agreed way of what our value base is. We have agreed foundation. We have agreed priorities in life. And so that's really important. So uh, these are the 
the things that build an attitude that creates blessing even when you're stressed out. Well, and then we continue on in verse 3 where he says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Verse 4 continues, Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. So what, what you see now is he, he kind of does the counterpoint to show how it, it what interferes with raising your baseline. That attitude of... Uh, man, I know why I'm here and my life is filled with joy because I'm knowing Jesus. Well, the first thing that counteracts that or fights against it is selfishness. And he says selfish ambition ultimately creates a bad attitude in your life. Okay. Vain conceit. You know, the concept of vain conceit is a self-centeredness for the basis of vanity. It's a self-centeredness to make me look better or feel better or do better. That creates a bad attitude. Right. So the more selfish you are, the more vain conceit you have. The Bible teaches (laughs) through the Apostle Paul that you're going to create a bad attitude, meaning your baseline is going to go down and your life is going to be filled with less joy. It's going to be filled with more bad things, right? Right. Because you interpret everything poorly. Uh, He says the way you counteract it is humility. All right. Because humility creates a good attitude. Humility opens you up to gratitude. It opens you up to blessing and it increases that baseline attitude of joy in your life. And it's very important to understand is that humility is not a uh, a deprecation. It's not a depreciation of yourself. Right. Because some people go around and they they self you know, criticize. They have the internal language that is, you know, I'm a terrible person. I can't do anything right. And I don't deserve anything. I'm a failure. So their internal dialogue is very, very negative. That's actually a form of a conceit, right? Whether you pump yourself up or you tear yourself down, that's a selfish orientation because you're starting with self. Right. Right. So humility is not a depreciation of yourself. It is just a conscious decision to raise others up. So it doesn't focus on self, whether you're good or bad. It focuses on other people. Uh, C.S. Lewis said it this way. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. That's smart man, C.S. Lewis. (laughs) He's a smart man. Well, and it's like. I guess, how can a person do this? Like, I mean, it's nice that C.S. Lewis has this this quote that yeah. seems so manageable in your brain. You're like, yes, that's fine. That's great. I can do that. But how, how do you actually accomplish that? How do you think yeah. that way? Yeah. How do you get your attitude to calibrate on that? Yeah. You know, well, he goes on in verse five. He says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ. So, Christ is our example, and because we are people of Christ, we've been redeemed, right? And his righteousness has been bestowed upon us through grace. So now that basically means if Jesus is the model, I can actually have the power of the Holy Spirit moving through me to actually uh, attain to that level, right? It's not my effort, but the Spirit of God moves through me to do that. Oh, that's a great promise. But a lot of people will miss... This little tidbit in your relationships. Now, you remember last week we talked about when you define your reason for existence, you have to begin with 
love. So you have to begin with relationships. Your first, your most important relationship is your relationship with Jesus, right? right? And then your relationships with other people around you. So this is the added to have when it comes to the people you love and those you are in relationship. It's an attitude of your mind. So it's a mindset, uh, something you're consciously doing. Now, when you get up in the morning, a lot of times your conscious brain wants you to be selfish, right? Or ambitious towards yourself. Um, you could be vain conceit. Your mind can naturally go there. So that's why it's a great thing to start with a recalibration of your mind. That's why so many people pray in the morning. So many people read in the morning, you know, read the scriptures is because they recalibrate their mind to think like Christ in the right spot, puts them in the right spot so that they can raise their baseline. And then, so what he says is have the same attitude as Christ. And then what he does in verses six through 10 is probably one of the most important passages in the new Testament. And there's, there's one in Titus and there's one in Colossians. And basically what this is, is this is called a Christology. Okay. And the Christology is this, Paul is describing the nature of Jesus. This is important because in the first 300 years, first three centuries of the church, Christianity, is that there were five major heresies, okay? Every one of these heresies had something to do with the nature of Jesus. Okay. So they were unable to understand who Jesus was after, you know, in light of the modern, at that time, the modern philosophy, which tended to be Gnostic in nature, uh, which we say is postmodernism is a very similar, you know, cousin of Gnosticism. Right. And so what happened is they couldn't grasp that Jesus could be completely God and completely human all at the same time. That was their biggest issue for, that's why all these heresies cropped up. And as a matter of fact, in 324, the, 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 like the second or third major council of the church, the first council of the church was in Acts chapter 15. But later on is once Christianity was allowed in the Roman Empire under Constantine, Uh, when they passed the Edict of Milan in uh, 312, what happened is there was these, the the biggest heresy of all was called the Arian heresy. And it was because there was a a monk named Arius Mm -hmm. who postulated that Jesus couldn't be both at the same time. And then there was another monk called Athanasius who defended it. And that's what that first council uh, um, in the Roman Empire was about, in the Council of Nicaea. They all went to Nice and they got there and, and it was basically who is Jesus. It wasn't And the secondary aspect of it is uh, they canonize the New Testament scriptures. Right. These are the 27 inspired word of God that everybody in the church recognizes. Right. And what they did is they said, well, first, we've got to determine that so that we can figure out if area Arius or Athanasius is right. In other words, we have to agree upon the body of evidence. And that's why they they did that. So. Uh, that's where it came from. But in today, for us, the best thing to do is to understand how the Christology really tells us not just about the nature of Jesus, but how we can follow his same pattern. Okay. Okay. And this is what he says, verse six, Jesus, who being in very nature, God, so he and God are one. 
but he did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Uh, the New American Standard phrases it this way. He did not consider equality with God a thing to be grasped. In other words, held on to. Right. So in a relationship, you have power by the very fact that you're in the relationship, right? Whether you're a friend, you're in a family, or you're married. By the very fact that you're in a relationship with that person, you have power, right? Now, your, your actions in the relationship can either hurt the relationship or heal and build the relationship. Now, what's interesting is people who hurt the relationships often do so because of a deception. And the deception is they feel they don't have any power in the relationship. Mm. So hurt people hurt people. You know, Pastor Harv says that. And why do people hurt their friends? Why do people hurt their, the person they're married to? Why do people hurt family members? Because they believe in a deception that is, is that I don't have any power and I'm not getting what I need or want out of this. I'm being overlooked. I'm being shafted. I'm being whatever, fill in the blank, right? right. So I'm hurt over that. And so uh, because they don't get the response they want, they don't get the uh, expectation met that they want or the effect they want, they change uh, how their attitude, their attitude changes about the relationship. So they hurt instead of heal. So Jesus, who is very nature, God didn't consider equality with God to be grasped. He didn't hold on to his power. He let go of his power and that healed the relationship between human beings and God. You see? Yeah. So, so the best way to heal a relationship, you know, is to start with, doing what Jesus did. You know, oftentimes uh, in marriage counseling, people come in, you identify the issue and you give them a way to work on it, you know, like relationship homework or a skill or a test. And oftentimes, you know, uh, this happens regularly. They come back and I said, okay, how did this thing go? How did this thing go? Well, we didn't do it, you know? <laughs> and I said, why didn't you do it? He says, well, I wanted him to go to first. No, I wanted her to go first. You know, I I'm not going to do it unless they go first. And that's real common in a marriage. And, and the thing is, is that why are people that way? Well, because in the past, they went first and got what? Burned. Burned. Yeah. And so they're like, you're not burning me again. You know, so I have some power. My power is not getting hurt and I'm not letting go of it. And so, well, OK, we're going to have to work through that if you want to heal your marriage, because that it ain't going to heal if you don't do that. Right. So and what he says then is he says, uh, rather, what Jesus did is he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. And so not only did Jesus become like human beings, right? He also became in the very nature, a servant. He, be, he was born the lowliest of the lowly, right? right. <laughs> and so this is called the emptying of Christ. So he emptied himself and made himself in human likeness. And then it says, verse 8, And being found in appearance as a man, even then he continued to humble himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross, which was the lowliest way to die. Because he didn't hold on to his power, he relinquished his power, and he submitted himself 
by following the reason for his existence on earth, which was to give his life a ransom for many. Look at verse 9. God exalted him to the highest place, gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. So that's how our relationships with one another can bring great joy is when we enter into them with the attitude of Christ and not the attitude of the world. Right. So that is, as you said, some very important scripture, and that's a lot. What should our biggest takeaways be from these, this chapter? Well, I, I think that, look, living blessed when your stress is all about your attitude, okay? And the, uh, the, the more your attitude is calibrated towards joy, then the more joy you're going to experience. So how do you calibrate your attitude of joy? Well, if you're a selfish person, if you're a vain person, if you're a conceited person, or if you're an, uh, a self-directed, ambitious person, you know, you have your dreams and you want to accomplish them no matter what, guess what? You're calibrating your attitude towards bad, right. not towards joy. So that just setting yourself up for failure. You're setting yourself up for failure. And the world really supports this. You know, oh man, you're, and this is where we get into this whole postmodern nonsense again. And I'll talk more about that on the Thursday's podcast. But the reason why young people, millennials and are so unhappy is because what the, what is, is the foundation of where they get their baseline from is false. And, and what happens is they don't know why, but when they try to go out and become happy, it doesn't work. And that would frustrate the living tar out of you, right? Yeah. So a lot of young people, this is why suicide has become such a huge problem among young people is, you know, I believed this. I was taught this. It was ingrained into my thinking. I tried it. It doesn't work. And so now I have despair. I have complete despair. And so uh, that's why... That's why the attitude, your disposition of life needs to be calibrated on the basis of biblical principles, because the biblical definition of what it means to be human is the only one that's accurate. It's the reality of who you are. So if you try to live in a reality that doesn't match with that, no matter what you try, no matter what you do, your life is going to be filled with anxiety and despair. Those are some very heavy words, <laughs> <Yes>. too. Uh, <laughs> well, the other thing it does, too, is that, you know, a weak attitude is built on weak things, right? Right. So you want your attitude to be strong. But if you build it on material success, if you build it on fame, if you build it, build it on self-pleasure, if you build it on sexuality, you know, uh, that's going to weaken your attitude. Right. And so your baseline is going to drop and you're going to be more dissatisfied. But if you have a strong attitude, that's going to be built on strong foundation. That's the core and conviction about your life. The, the core reason for your existence, that your life has a purpose. All of these things are faith oriented. Well, I think those are some great takeaways for us to um, 
finish up with. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about? Well, I was just hoping that everybody out there during this time could really begin to seek a deeper knowledge about who they are in Christ, you know. And I, I would like to really encourage you to think about your internal dialogue. When you listen to the things you tell yourself throughout the day, what are the things you're telling yourself? I was listening to a podcast by uh, Tim Keller, and he, he came up with a phrase. I shared this with the church a while back. He goes, you need to stop listening to yourself and start talking to yourself. Hmm. And, and what he said, and he's talking about that is, you know, the problem that so many people have is the reason their their attitude doesn't get stronger, their baseline doesn't grow, and they're not oriented towards more joy is because we spend all of our time listening to ourselves. This is what myself says. I want this, and I need that, and I want this, and I need that, and I, I feel this, blah, 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 and it goes on and on. It's like a petulant little child sometimes. <laughs> and, his, and his point is, is that stop listening to yourself and start talking to yourself. Tell yourself truth statements. You know, get a motto in your head, you know, uh, that you repeat over and over again. You know, I shared a motto that I have that's kind of helped me me navigate, you know, the the times when I get fearful as a leader in all of this COVID stuff, you know, because, boy, you get fearful at times when you're hanging out there. Right. (laughs) And so so I just have this motto that I kind of run it, you know, hey, COVID may kill me. But God's doing great things. And in the end, my reason for existence is knowing Jesus. It's not staying safe and being alive. Now, that's not encouraging everybody to run out there and be crazy. I'm not saying that. What I am saying, though, is that it takes my attitude. It strengthens my attitude, right? Right. It makes it strong. So everything, every time something happens, it's like, wow, I have more gratitude. I have more thanksgiving about the movement of God. I have more joy in the midst of COVID because my attitude is getting stronger. And the other thing is that when I run into inconveniences and things that I don't like, it, they don't bother me as much. You know, when, when, um, uh, like when you go to stores, you know, and there's like, oh man, you got to have a mask and a hazmat suit and rubber gloves and all that kind of stuff. Some people are like, I'm never wearing a mask or I'm not going to. So I, I kind of understand their their point, but it doesn't bother me. I'm like, hey, you know, it's a private business. That's what they want to do. I need groceries. I'll do that. I'll do that so, thing. Yeah. And I'll, I'll, I also wear a shirt into the store. Yeah. So. <laughs> I wear, I wear a shirt too. Yeah. I don't walk in half naked. Of course that would really frighten people and that would be very negative. For, and I don't want to lower anybody's no, baseline. No lowering of baseline. <laughs> I do not want to lower anybody's <laughs> happiness baseline. So, so I think, I think, you know, the, it, during COVID, my motto has helped me a lot. And I just encourage you all to have a motto in your head uh, about what does God say about you? And what what is it that God wants to do through you? And don't write a motto that feeds selfish ambition or vain conceit. Don't use words like I'm a queen or I'm a king or or, I'm the best thing that ever happened. And I'm super this or super that, you know, your reason for existence is to know Jesus. So write mottos that reflect his truth. You know, God has adopted me into my family. He's bestowed his righteousness upon me and his love and mercy and kindness will move through me. And so I don't have to be afraid. I can be courageous and strong in the midst of anything that faces me. See, that's kind of a nice little motto. That is good. We'll have to, we'll have to write that down. Put it on the wall. Put or it on, on the, the mirror. All on right. the mirror. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us for another episode of The Salty Pastor. Uh, make sure you leave a five-star review if you're on the Apple services. Yes. Otherwise, leave a comment in the uh, YouTube uh, comment section. If you're watching online, leave a subscribe. Uh, 
Get subscribed. Yeah, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Subscribe, we're, subscribe, subscribe. We're almost subscribe. at 700. If we can yeah. get to that 1,000, man, yeah. things just get really good for us being able to really share this with people yeah. outside of our normal circle. So really yeah. encourage you guys to help us out with that. You would be doing a, a great service for um, the church and sharing these messages that we're yeah. creating to other people. It's just the easiest way to participate in the sharing of the gospel, a biblical worldview. And what happens is it's going to go out to people that have no idea who we are. They're not even living in Idaho and they're going to get real answers to real questions. So please subscribe. Thank you guys so much for joining us and we'll see you on Thursday. Blessings.